everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The By Word Show. I'm your host, Hannah Hughes. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Today is extra special because I want to share a story about my first book I ever wrote, which is my devotional journal, Love Is. And I've shared a little bit about this before on my social media and on the podcast, but I'm so pumped to announce that we are actually going to be going through this study in real time through a mini series on the podcast. So no worries. We're still going to be hanging out here on Fridays for our regular episode schedule, but we are going to be adding in Monday episodes that are specifically for love is. So if you want to join me, I would love to have you on the journey with me. I think it's going to be amazing, especially to be able to do it together. But no worries if not. You can just listen to the episodes, even if you don't have the book or don't want to go through the study with us in real time, though I would say I'd highly recommend it. It is truly life-changing. And every time I've gone through this study again for myself, I learned something new. And I just love that about God's word. I love that about God. And so I'm excited to be able to walk through it with you and share some things that I'm learning this time around. It's going to be totally in the moment for me as well. So I'm just excited and I am so hopeful and expectant that it is going to shift our perspective and help us to show up better as a reflection of love to the world this year. So I'm super pumped about that. If you want to dive into the study with us and be ready for Monday when we kick off the Love Is series, you can go ahead and grab a copy of my book on my website or on Amazon. I will be sure to link it in the show notes in the description, but that's pretty much it. Let's dive into this story because I really want to share my heart behind writing this book. But even more than that, the developing ideas and passion I have on this subject of really loving people well, because it's, it's what God calls us to do, right? We are called to love the Lord, our God with all our heart and soul and mind and strength, and then to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so it, it is the command. I think it's, where is it? In one of the gospels, it it talks about how love sums it up sums up everything. Like if we are loving people well, if we are loving the Lord with all we have, it kind of covers all the bases. You know, like if every decision, if every action we make is out of love, then we will be for the most part doing our best and showing up as our best in our day-to-day life. So I love being able to talk about this with people. Okay. Before I just get into it, let me start from the beginning. Let's, let's rewind a little bit and go back to the year 2013. I was in my first semester at college. I went to Christ for the Nations Institute in Dallas. And at the time I had been talking to this guy who I really thought was it y'all. I thought he was it. And I ended up with a broken heart. I just was so, so hurt and so disappointed and just really sad over this guy, which sounds super dramatic. Okay. But like I was 18. So what do we expect? Right? So anyway, I'm sitting in my car one night and just thinking about how I really thought this was it. And I was so confused because I guess I had it wrong. So I'm sitting in my car, just thinking and processing through all of this. And I just asked God, what am I missing? Like, did I miss something here? I really thought that we were on the right path. Like I thought this was a good thing. And it just turns out it was a huge mess that ended up in a lot of just not, it just didn't end well. And so I'm sitting there so hurt, so frustrated and asking God, 
to show me what, what am I supposed to be looking for? What is love anyway? Because I just thought this was going to be it and it really wasn't. And so what I heard him say to me in that moment is that I was getting frustrated because I wasn't receiving the love that I felt like I deserved from other people. But I also wasn't being intentional about giving that kind of love to other people. And a lot of my frustration was because my own hurt was projecting onto other people. And quite honestly, I was expecting that guy to fill the holes for me, like <laughs> to, to complete me, to fulfill me, to, you know, all of the things that young girls believe a guy will do, you know? So it just hit me. I need to do something different. Like something's got to change because I don't want to go through this again. I don't want to go through this heartbreak again. I'm done feeling like there's no hope, like all the dramatic things. But truly, I just felt like, God, show me the real thing because I want to know it when it comes and I want to be able to give it because something that really stuck out to me as I was processing through all of this was the idea that Christians are supposed to be known by their love. First John 13, 35 says this. And I mean, think about it. Christians are probably not known as the most loving people in the world by most of the world. I think it's just such a bummer that Christians are known for judgment and hate and hypocrisy and all the trashy headlines of people ruining their lives and doing all of these disgusting things. And I just hate that for us. And I hate that for God too, because we are the ones who are supposed to be representing who he is to the world. And as a God who is love, that that's just got to break his heart. And I wish it broke our hearts too, more than it does. And I just wanted to do something different. So Back to that night in my car, <laughs> I'm sitting there processing through all of this and realizing, okay, yeah, you're right. I have not been intentional about loving this way. And honestly, I don't really even know what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, what does love even look like? And so I decided to go on this journey of really practicing what love is. And I felt like I should just go to 1 Corinthians 13, the love passage. We've all heard it. We've seen it read at a, a million and one weddings. And at first I was like, okay, been there, done that. But I just decided to take a step back and let God show it to me in a new light. And he truly, truly did. So I just tried this experiment and I invited a friend to join me in the process of every week for 13 weeks, going through every single attribute of love. So the first week we practiced being patient intentionally and we would challenge ourselves. And it's so funny. I'll have to try to find a picture, but we would write the words in Sharpie on our arm. So like if it was patience week, we would write patience on our arm so that all day, every day we were remembering, I need to be patient. Today, I'm going to be patient. I'm learning to be patient and all of these things. And by the end of this, we had a whole group of friends who were like writing the words on their arm and doing this experiment, this little challenge with us. And it was so great to have community because I will just be honest right now, it was hard. I mean, practicing being patient, everybody says, don't pray for patience because God is going to give you opportunities to practice patience. And it just, you know, it's, it's like anything. When you try to be more intentional than you have been before, it requires extra work from you in the beginning. It's not a habit. It's not a reflex. It's not part of your normal routine. So it requires you to get out of your comfort zone and apply more mental, emotional, spiritual energy into doing this new practice until it becomes part of your 
overall behavior. And we've talked about this, all the mindset stuff, you know, so this whole process was really like rewiring my whole perspective and mindset around love. And it was so cool. It just really changed my life. I tell people that I really didn't even recognize myself by the end of this journey. And so in the years since then, I've just continued to make it an intention of mine to continue learning how to love other people well. And you guys know, I've studied mindset, I've studied trauma, I'm really into the brain and neuroscience, which I'm in school for now. And not only that, but my own experience with trauma and pain and just the human experience have all kind of helped me form this big picture of, okay, this, this is a situation. We've got a church that's supposed to be known for its love, but it's full of a bunch of broken people, imperfect, messy people who aren't really doing the best job as a whole. And I, I, myself included, like I'm not pointing any fingers. If any, I'm like using myself as the prime example. <laughs> so know that like, I'm not thinking of anyone specific, a specific church. Like I'm just noticing as a whole, because I have friends and, and I've talked to people, had conversations with people who are not Christians and they've shared their experiences. I mean, even in the Christian world, most everybody at this point has experienced some sort of religious trauma, church hurt, whatever you want to call it. And I just wanted to find the disconnect there. So like I said, I've started di diving into all of this research and studying things and the way people work and what the disconnect, what the gap could be here. And the more that I just process through all of this, the more that I realize we're just hurting people especially Christians, we're a bunch of hurting people trying to show a hurting world that we have a healer. And so we're going to do that imperfectly, but it is something that we are called to do. So how do we do that? And this is where my research and my studies come in. And I'm saying this lightly because I'm not a researcher. This is just me like being curious, <laughs> but I have learned a lot along the way. So I just want to share quickly some things that I have learned that I think are really interesting. I could literally talk about this for days, so I will try to keep it brief. So I've just been trying to figure out how we can, in spite of our pain, in spite of our messiness, our brokenness, how can we as Christians, myself included, just be better? at loving people well and doing what we are called to do as people who are following Jesus and the example that he set in his life. And for me, it all comes back to love, which sounds so cliche. I get that, <laughs> but hear me out. Just go with me for a second. Okay. There's a saying, we've all heard it, hurt people, hurt people, right? The truth is we can only give what we have, right? We can only reproduce or replicate who we are. And this is really important. I love this tagline that Traffic 911 uses. They, they say, free people, free people. And it's so true because going back to that principle of only being able to give what you have or replicate what you are, it stands that if hurt people hurt people, then healed people can heal people and loved people can love people. But we can't love well until we realize that we are loved. And we can't heal a hurting world until we are healed. I think that in order for us to really heal and no longer be the hurt people who are hurting people, we first have to address our own pain. I love, y'all know, I love Brene Brown. I am a Brene Brown stan for life, okay? And she talks a lot about emotions and how many people can only identify 
three main emotions, which are happy, sad, and mad. And that's the end of their emotional language. (laughs) But that leaves a lot left unsaid, right? And we are in a society where we are taught that it's weak to feel. It is weak, especially for men, to experience emotions. But the thing is, it's, it's a part of our design from God to feel. It's a part of our design to have emotions. They, they're healthy. It's healthy for us to feel things, you know. But our issue is when we suppress those feelings, when we avoid them, ignore them, or, come be, or even become completely numb to them. And so I love Brené Brown's book, Atlas of the Heart. It's, it's really, really great. It's an in-depth study on emotions. And she gives language to tons and tons of feelings that most of us have felt at some point in our life, but we just haven't known how to identify. And the reason this is key is because emotions are like a tunnel. We touched on this in the episode with Chantel Nelson. If you haven't listened to that one, I highly recommend it. It's incredible. She even mentioned this, this in the episode that our emotions are like a tunnel. And in order for us to move forward, we have to process through them. However, being in a culture of society um, that, that's telling us it's weak to feel emotions or that we just have to like push through the pain and keep showing up and keep doing the work and keep hustling or whatever, that does nothing for us. Because here's the thing, if emotions or pain even is a tunnel that we have to get through and able to get to the other side and re- be able to move forward, if we are avoiding that, we're going to be stuck trying to find another way around when the only option for real healing and emotional wellness is processing through that tunnel. And this is what I had to do when I was a brokenhearted college girl. (laughs) And surprisingly, studying real love is what helped me to begin my process of healing. I think mostly because if you spend intentional time meditating on scripture and learning about who God is as love, you just start to realize how personal that love is, how close it is, and how close Jesus came to us. In order to save us and heal us and give us a new life so that we can now know him and then make him known to a hurting world. It's just the craziest, most beautiful cycle. But once we come face to face with love himself, we begin to find the freedom to process all the broken pieces and begin to heal. Then from that place, it's almost like this ripple effect. When I had Aurelia Pratt on the show, she talks about how, you know, we're, we're all made in the image of God. And when you have that revelation for yourself, you can no longer ignore the same truth for somebody else, that we are all created in the image of God. We are all worthy of love. We are all valuable in his eyes. And I just love it. It's so true because the more that you realize you are loved, the easier it is for you to love others as well. And that's why this study is so important to me. I think in order for the church to be the people that we were meant to be in the world, we've got to first deal with our own hurt and our junk and get well so that we can stop replicating that hurt. And then we'll be operating from a place of freedom that allows us to love others freely. Now, okay, I'm not saying this is a one and done thing, okay? That once you get healed, you never struggle again and you can magically just love anybody, any day, any time perfectly (laughs) because I think we can agree it's usually not like that because truthfully, we all can probably say that loving people is messy. Loving people is vulnerable. It takes courage. It takes us being willing 
to extend our own brokenness and messiness to others. But what I can guarantee is that it is a lifelong process, a cycle of coming to Jesus with our pain, remembering the truth about us as a people who are loved by God, and then moving forward empowered to pass that truth on to other people. It's just so worth it. It is the hardest thing we can do, but it is the most important thing that we can do in this life. More than anything we could ever do, more than any accomplishment, anything we could do for other people, the best thing we can do is just love them, show up with them as messy, broken people in the process with other messy, broken people. And not only that, like I said before, it's what God commands us to do. So I really am just excited to be able to go through the study again with you because I just see the need, not only in us, but for the world. And, and in order for us to have any sort of change on the emotional condition, especially in the church, it's got to start with us. We've got to get well. We've got to get healed. We've got to realize how loved we are because we will not be able to give what we don't have. We will not be able to replicate that love until we have it. And the good thing is, it's not up to us. <laughs> the thing is, we have to remember that God is love. So really, when it comes to practicing love and when we get into the study, it's just going to be a matter of inviting God into the day-to-day, -day, asking the Holy Spirit to empower us. And I just, I just love it. I love that we get to be able to partner with God to be that kind of light in the world. So that being said, I can't wait. I would love to invite you to join me. We're kicking off on Monday. We're going to start with week one, which is patience. If you don't have a book yet, don't worry. Go ahead and order one. Like I said, I will link them in the description notes. And that's pretty much it. It's been a while since I've gone through the study myself. So I know it's going to be a really great refresh and challenge for me as well. But grab a book, grab a friend or a group of friends to go through the study with. It's always better when you can do it with somebody and get ready because we're going to learn how loved we are and then be able to love people better than ever before. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to tune into another episode of the ByWord Show. I love having you here and I'm so thankful for your support. Don't forget to share a screenshot of this episode to let me know you were here. I can't wait to talk again soon, but in the meantime, be sure to come hang out with me on Instagram and remember, I am cheering you on.